This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Paris. Well, today is a very special day. It's Hunter's birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. Thank you so much. 30 years old. That's hot. What is it a hot one? Yeah, very hot. What are you doing for Do your you- birthday? I'm going to have dinner with my family tonight. And then at some point, you know, I'd love to have like a little friends thing, but it's tricky, you know, it's, it's, it's all up in the air right now. I'd love to get, I I wish we were in the same room for, for my birthday, but you know, there's some, I got exposed to somebody. So, but I don't have it. It's good. Just being what? safe. Exposed? Just being. Oh, COVID. COVID. <laughs> what, what, what did you think? I? Someone flashed me in Central Park. And so now I can't be in the same room as you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I had a friend who, who ended up getting COVID and uh, it's been two weeks, so I don't have it. But I, I feel like it's just better to be safe than sorry. Nobody wants to be the person who gave Paris Hilton COVID. It's just not the role I want. No, me neither. So thank you for being at home on your birthday and not being here. <laughs> we'll be with each other soon. Uh, how was uh, how was your trip? Fun? It was really fun. We went to Miami and then to Carias, Mexico. So it's very romantic and um, just beautiful. The weather in Miami is so nice. When you when you and uh, Carter go out and you guys get out of the house and. Um, go on a trip like that is it does it feel just like so crazy just because of quarantine like does it feel like it's like all these little like 
it just feels like little honeymoons or do you guys prefer the homebody life as a couple? I'm so used to traveling my entire career that I'm loving just being at home and I've turned into like this introvert who doesn't want to go anywhere, but we had to go for a business trip. Um, so it was work, but every day is like a honeymoon for us. It's very romantic. So I'm very lucky. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. That sounds nice. Well, I'll get there at some point. One day. One day. <laughs> um, I almost went up to Iggy Azalea at your birthday party, and then I decided, I don't know if I'm her type, so we'll, I'll, I'll, the next birthday party. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a list together of who's coming so you can, <laughs> you can prepare early. <laughs> That's like going to make me the most stressed. But we have such a good episode today. Maybe the guest on our episode will be interested in um, spending the rest of uh, her life together with me. Do you want me to try to hook you up? Yeah, we'll see if we can get her to be open to the idea. It's uh, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. I love her. Wonderful entrepreneur. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, I love that show. So I'm excited to talk to her. She's such a boss. Yeah, and hopefully we get you on Shark Tank too because it doesn't make sense that you haven't been on there yet. That would be cute. I, it would be so fun to go on Shark Tank as an entrepreneur and be on the one episode that Paris Hilton's on and you get Paris Hilton to invest in your company and now you get to work with her for potentially the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I like this plan. I like it too. Let's see what happens. All right, let's see what happens. Let's bring her in. Well, welcome, Barbara. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Yes, you're looking beautiful today, like a boss. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's Hunter's birthday today too. Happy oh, really? birthday, Hunter. Yeah, it's my birthday. I'm uh, I'm officially 30 years old. Wow. Jesus, 30. Your whole life's ahead of you. My God. Really? Yeah, Doesn't I know when feel I turned 30, way. I kind of felt old. What a waste of time that was. Seriously. <laughs> well, I just, I just talked about it on uh, my Instagram, but I had to get some spine shots like for cortisone because I was having back problems. And then I ended up with the hiccups for 48 hours. So oh 30 has not started off hot. Well, how innocent hiccups for 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the cutest problem to have. Oh, you probably, you probably had your best shot at catching more girls in those 48 hours. Hiccup, hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Oh, We've got so some fun questions for you today, Barbara. Right out there, right? <laughs> yes. So, Barbara, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Not a thing. I had no idea. I really didn't have a single thought on it. How about you? What did you want to be? I wanted to be a veterinarian because I've always just been obsessed with animals. Um, and then oh. I moved to New York and my priorities changed. And I realized I could become a very successful businesswoman and that I could have a lot of pets. Every little girl loves animals, I think, right? Well, yeah, that's the good one. I don't want to walk it. That's what happened with my kids. How many well, kids do you have? Two. Yeah, one's 26, one's 16. Fun. Were they the two that were helping you a second ago get this all set up? No, but they look like kids. <laughs> no. That's Emily in London in my office. No, they're like kids. Her name yeah. is London? Well, not really. I call her London. Her real name is Brittany. And her last name is Paris. So I didn't like her name when I hired her. I said, from now on, you're London. And she isn't mine. I'm naming my daughter London when I have my first daughter. Really? It's my favorite name. Well, better see what your husband has to say about it. Moms usually get their own way, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I 
like London. Thank you. What are your kids' names? Tom, after my favorite brother, Tom, and then Kate, because it's a short name, and she just looked like a Kate. My husband named her uh, Sky. I always wanted a daughter with the name Sky. She had dark hair, olive skin, and brown eyes. I said, every guy who dates her is going to be disappointed when he meets her. <laughs> you know, you'd make it in Sky. Not my Kate at all. Thank you. So I named her Kate. That's cute. I used to watch Shark Tank, uh, like, every single week with my family. We would all sit down. My wow. mom is like, my mom thinks you're probably one of the greatest people on the planet. Ah, uh, I I love Shark Tank, too. I think it's such an inspirational show, and you were just incredible on it. So um, I'm always insecure on Shark Tank, interestingly enough. I don't think I'm ever in that seat where I'm not scared, and it's been 12 years. I keep waiting for me to come into my own. It doesn't quite happen, you know? What's the insecurity feel like? Like, what is it? Uh, I feel like... Well, first of all, I'm afraid of losing money because I've lost so much money on so many deals, but in the end, I've made money. Uh, so that's number one in my head because it's real money. It's not fake money. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I want to make sure I have great people that I that I choose. And, you know, you can't always tell that in that interview because it's focused on the money or business end. And what I really found after all the years of doing it, the great people always make me money. It has nothing to do with whether the business makes any sense. It's just if I could really pick out great people, I always make money. So, and I'm always afraid I'm maybe choosing the wrong one or missing out on the good one, you know? So uh, maybe maybe by year 40, we've been doing it 13 years, maybe I'm going to really be secure and get in there and just make my judgments fast, you know? I like that you choose from your heart. I, I think that's nice to choose from your heart, and I've noticed that about you on the show. It's not right. It ain't no good. Mm-hmm. I've had two husbands, you know. <laughs> yes. Both from the heart. <laughs> when, uh, when you say you get nervous about the money, do you notice any difference between someone who's asking for 50 grand and someone who's asking for 1.5 million? Or is it not, is it just the prospect that gets you that same amount of nerves? If they're asking for 50 grand, I love them 10 times more than someone asking for a million five. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because it's a cheap buy-in. You can spread your money around. You can get more entrepreneurs in your stable, so to speak, mm. and have more fun with them. But if someone asks for a lot of money, they almost always are offering very little interest because they usually have big sales, which I don't like, but some never quite sure what I'm going to do to make it better for them. You know, when I get a young entrepreneur has very little sales, they're not asking for a lot of money. If I get a good snapshot in my head about what I could do, I, I could I could make a huge difference in their future. And so I like that for all of those reasons. It's a bad sign when they come out and ask for a lot of money. For me, the way I like to invest. Now, Mark Cuban's a different guy. You know, the more money you ask for Mark and the less you give him, the more excited that man becomes <laughs> because he's got so much money. He just could throw it around like crazy. He's very hard to compete with if he wants to deal that you want. Mm. What's the most someone's asked for? The most that anyone has asked for? I'm not sure I know exactly, but probably uh, two million, you think? I think five. I think we had a five million dollar technology deal, which was good because I sat there and listened for 45 minutes to the pitch I had no idea what they were talking about. So I wasn't going to lose my money on that one. Once they go through into the technology area, it's like, you know, I just don't even know what they're talking about when they go too deep. I kind of get it peripherally. Uh, now Paris would be great at that, 
right? Yes. You'd be great at analyzing a technology deal because in a way you invented social media, I think, or at least my day when you were getting started as a kid, I thought, boy, you got it early first and you got the first thing going, you know, being famous for being famous. I mean, nobody ever heard of that before. Seemed bizarre, the concept, right? So you would get it, you know, you would probably get whatever's going on right now. I'm not, I wasn't, you know, that good at that. I'm still not so good at that. So I stick with the people, the kinds of businesses that I think I really clearly understand, you know, like food, you You know, like a product, like a widget, (laughs) something that takes a low IQ. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Do you, you said, I'm just so curious about this. And I think this question goes for both of you, but I think a lot of people think, um, because Barbara, you started with nothing. You asked for a thousand dollar investment and then you built your you know, empire. I think Paris, uh, different upbringing, but has clearly built her own success. And I think a lot of people assume that when you get money and you get the things you kind of have always wanted, that you don't worry about money anymore. But from what you kind of said, money's still something that you're cautious about and that you, you know, you really spend a lot of time picking what you do with it. And is that true? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I spend money like it's water. I was raised by a mom with 10 kids and she was always living hand to mouth. And my dad was always losing his job, but her attitude toward money always was in all of her kids. She embedded it in us was money was meant to be spent. So we always mm. got our new pajamas at Christmas, whether we had money to get them or not, she would charge them, you know? Wow. But my attitude toward money uh, is it is important. It is important to me. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I work so hard for every buck I ever made. You know, when you don't have anything, you really struggle to make your first 10, your second 100, you know, so you don't forget that. You you remember the work ethic behind how hard you had to work to get it. Not that it makes you a hoarder, uh, because I'm very good at taking risks. I'll throw money at anything that I just have a good, good gut reaction to, assuming I'm going to make money. And I usually have a good nose for making money. The part that I'm no good at is saving money or making money with money. That's a whole different thing. I'm great at making money in a business. I know I just have a natural gift at that. But if I get millions of dollars and invest it, I will usually choose the wrong person. I usually will choose the wrong investment vehicles. So I've really learned to be cautious there because I'm as bad at that as I am at making the money in the first place. You have to, Mm -hmm. I think in the end, you just have to know, you know, where you're good. And I clearly know where I'm good and where I'm terrible, you know? That was a long answer, right? To your little question, right? That was a perfect answer. Oh, good hunter. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this is the first time we've done it, like, not together. So it's so weird, like, not being with Hunter here because then it... Oh, well, I feel like I'm on your virgin voyage. I'm pleased to be yes. part of it. Welcome <laughs> to the voyage. We prefer to be arm's length away from each other, but uh, we're figuring <laughs> it out. This one, we won't, we probably won't be doing this again. <laughs> Well, you know, if I had a partner that looked like Paris or I had a partner that looked like Hunter and I was married to either of you or dating either of you, I would insist you be separate. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that at all. <laughs> uh, no, I've met I've met Paris's uh, fiance and I can tell you right now, he has nothing to worry about with me. He's got about a foot and a half on me and then just a whole bunch of everything else. He's a handsome dude. Well, guess what else he's got on you? A 24-carat ring. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got me by about 23 and a half carats. I don't know if I'm, uh, if I'm doing that. But does he have your teeth is the question. Yes. 
Yeah, I think he's got nice teeth. Oh, wow. I've got nothing, Barbara. I am in this scenario. I, you push me under the rug. It's good. And I'm happy there. Okay. You're also very secure, I see. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, working with Paris, I feel like you got to have someone who's secure because she's uh, she definitely, it, no matter where she goes, the spotlight finds her. And I like just looking. I like getting some of the reflections off of the off of her. Um, mm. And it's nice. <laughs> But uh, Paris, I wanted to ask you: Do you? What about you? And like how you were raised with money, uh, and do you spend it like water now too? Are you cautious at all? Um, growing up, I think my parents—they really just didn't want to spoil my sister and I and my little brothers. And I think when you come from a privileged family, you can do that, but you will destroy your children. So I'm really happy and lucky that my parents really instilled hard work ethic in me, and I feel like that's something that runs in my blood. And ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to do big things. Hmm? I'd just be curious, though, how as a parent, uh, how can you really protect a child from the affluent world they're growing up in and the values that come with that? You know, I remember uh, Robert Hershevek was telling me the first time his plane was broken, his jet and his kids went on a first class section of a regular airline. His two kids turned around and said, what are all these people doing here? I mean, that's kind of like an amazing reality, right? How do you really protect a privileged child from not being, not realizing they're very privileged and all the values that go with it? I think it's a huge challenge. I think with my family, they just really just instilled that at me and wanting to work hard and also doing a lot of just charity work and seeing the other side of the world and really being exposed to that from a young age. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but I think it's important to do. Um, Importantly, those are all conscious moves they made, right? That just doesn't happen in a typical family. Yeah, we're not a typical family. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Safe no. to say. Yeah. Barbara, what about with your kids? Were you how have you have you taught them you about know, money? I don't I never really talked to them about money. And uh, you know, it's kind of like my two kids are different. My son Tommy's 28, and when he was growing up, I had him at 46. I was a very older mom. Uh, and I was well-known in New York because of my real estate business, but that's like local notoriety. And so people said, oh, you, you, you're you the son of the real estate lady. That's what, the most of what he would hear. And also because I was so insecure on any given year where we made money, which was probably only the last three years that I owned the business because I was always plowing money back in. So I was always living like a middle-class person and putting the money in the business. So in his mind, he grew up as a middle-class kid in New York City with everyone around him having a lot more money than him. But by the time my Kate came along 10 years later, um, she was born in a shark tank. I, I gave her, I didn't give birth to her. Well, I almost took credit for her birth mother. That's weird. When I adopted Kate, uh, she, it was the first year of shark tank. So she doesn't remember any other time where people are, your mother's on shark tank. And so mm. it's a harder protection for Kate. And she, on a couple of occasions have said to me, well, I'm really not friends with those two girls anymore. They really, I could tell they liked me because of you. So my son didn't have to wrestle with that value system. You know, he was liked for how well he threw a football or something, you know. But uh, Katie is like, I think she's conscious of separating. And that's uh, tricky for a kid, you know, and can devalue a child's ego. So I think it's, and then also we have a lot more money now than we had when Tommy was born. And so we go on extravagant vacations. We have multiple homes. 
and the it's just it's difficult i think it's easier and maybe this is crazy to say but i think it's easier to raise a poor kid than a rich kid well i think it's less challenging because a lot of stuff is taken care of you for you as a parent you know work mm-hmm. ethic comparisons you know seeing hardship uh, you get pretty much buffered from that when you are in an affluent family unless someone like your parents went out of a their way, it sounds like, to expose you to things they wanted to. You know, I, I should have thought of that sooner. I never thought of it, you know. It's, a, it's actually very good advice. Too late Thank for you. me, but maybe I'll have another baby. I'm only 73. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I've, you know, just growing up in L.A. and just seeing just a lot of these kids who have grown up in these families, they just if they haven't been raised in the right way, they just, when they're an adult, they don't even know how to live for themselves. They're spoiled. They're not happy. They've never Mm -hmm. done anything for themselves. And I just feel bad for them because they don't really have true happiness because everything's just been Mm -hmm. handed to them. And you know what? LA, I think, uh, adds another whole layer on that stuff. It's such a wacky kind of a world to grow up in, I think. Mm -hmm. I was exposed to it through Shark Tank, but I was already grown, had my success, so I wasn't going to be whacked out by it, you know, but with kids growing up there, it's sort of odd. It's kind of, I always feel like in New York, the value system in New York was, uh, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Which is another way of saying, how much money do you have? In LA, I got the land, that lay of the land really quick when I started going out there to shoot the show. It's kind of like, are you famous? Mm-hmm. That's the commodity, you know, fame, not money, I think is a big one in LA. And that's, a, that's even a tougher one for kids, I think, you know, mm-hmm. to define and to measure up against. Definitely. Dangerous town. Mm -hmm. Don't want London growing up here as a teenager for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. Great traffic. Beautiful traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. You guys shoot Shark Tank in LA? We do every year, but this last year we did in Las Vegas in a giant bubble that was built for a basketball or football team. I forget which. So we were really far apart. We had microphones. So like Mark Cuban on my left was 20 feet away. Kevin was 20 feet to my right. You know, what'd you say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It all worked out. It was a really, it almost seemed surreal. They wouldn't let us party at night or see each other. I'm sure. Is that the normal plan every night is for you guys to party together? Yeah, well... I'm not speaking on that subject. <laughs> that was their plan anyway. <laughs> but, was, but we got the show in the can, which was great uh, because so few shows were being produced. And as a result, our, our uh, you know, our ratings are through the roof. Uh, I don't think it's, we've gotten better. I think it's just there are less shows competing, you know, this particular year, new shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also because people are so inspired and they want to learn. And I feel that when you watch that show, you really learn so much about business and building a brand and what you can do and people get inspired. So I think, you know, right now people are going through so much in the world and something like this gives them hope. Yeah. Paris, you're in business. Why don't you go on as a guest shark? Really? We've had a few ladies, but what about you? I would love that. Uh, right after we hang up, I'll call Clay. He's my boss. He's executive producer. He decides all that stuff. Perfect. Yeah, you could do. You could pick whatever you want from your businesses, right? As a calling card. Thank you, Barbara. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, my word doesn't mean anything. I'm not the boss, but at least I'll do the introduction, like you need an introduction. But really, I could see that so well. But I wouldn't want to be on the set you're on. No way. I don't want to compete. With you. <laughs> 
I'm going to say under one condition. I'm not there when she's there. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, you're beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. And people won't dare compare you with me. Of course. <laughs> no, thank you. You could be compared to Mark or Kevin. That's it. <laughs> Let Lori compare herself to you. She's got, she, she has more confidence than I have. <laughs> well, that would be she fun. Can handle it. <laughs> Loves it. This is Paris. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Paris.
you've been on Shark Tank for a, a while now. We kind of touched on it about how you um, got a thousand dollar investment, right? Who yeah. did you get that investment from at the beginning of your career? Uh, and tell us what happened with that. Well, I was a diner waitress on a counter and a guy walked in and ordered a cup of tea and he became my first boyfriend. I was 23 at the time. I was a little slow out of the gate. And he gave me a ride home. And a year later, he said, uh, hey, why don't you start a real estate company? It wasn't my idea. You know, I was I was working already as a, for two developers in New York, New York answering their phone, which has nothing to do with selling, of course. You know, you're just answering the phone all day. But he said, you've got a great personality. You'd be great as a real estate salesman. I'll give you the $1,000 to start. And I said, why not? Had 22 other jobs. You know, the worst that happened, I went back to the diner, right? Big deal. And uh, that became uh, my first business until he left me and married my secretary. That was a surprise after seven years, after raising his three kids. Oh you know, I'm like, what? I wanted to get even with him and her. Uh, but they got married right away. And then she shared the office with Ramon Simone, which was a killer, to go into work. I'm the partner, not her. And see them giggling and holding hands. It was a heartbreaker. But anyway, it was good because it got me so angry after a year. I ended the business. We divided in two. And that's when I started the Corcoran Group. And I was 30 at the time. I had owned the other business for seven years with Ray. He owned 51%, which gave him, I'm sure you know, control. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't allowed to fire Tina, his wife. I would have liked to have fired her just because I couldn't see them every day. That sounds like a nightmare. Only then, you know, but now I look back and I go, what's the big deal? I should have walked in on week one and said, I'm over it. Let's end this. But I didn't have the confidence. But finally, I did. And that was the beginning of the Corcoran Group. And, you know, none of that would have happened if I didn't have that uh, bump in the road. And that's what bumps in the roads are. You know, you always look back and you realize why they were important, why they're good. Mm-hmm. Well, you justify them if they weren't. You figure an angle somehow. Uh, but that was how I got to start really in my own 100% firm. Uh, and that's that was the firm that I had the great success with, you know. Everything yeah. in life happens for a reason. You sound like my mother. It's true. I've had so many terrible things happen to me and terrible things happen, but then good things come of it. I wish it was a fortune teller who specialized in that particular category so that when bad things happen, you could quickly go to her or him (laughs) and ask, what's the upside here going to be? (laughs) Because that's the bad side of it. You don't know what the upside is. It just feels like a hole when you're in it, right? Yes. It, It feels too dark until you're looking back at it, then it it just doesn't seem like a very bad hole at all. Right. So then you, once you split the group, what do you think it is? Because you're you're kind of making it seem like, you know, this wasn't even real estate. Wasn't your forte. Obviously it wasn't something you were working in. So what made you so successful in this field and in this world? Well, I think uh, you ask anyone who's successful in anything, it's not one answer. It's a combination, you know, you get the trifecta, so to speak. Um, definitely my greatest, greatest strength always was, and it didn't just happen in real estate. It happened in the jobs I had. It happened in my neighborhood. I always chose good people. I had a good nose for people. So I think uh, when I started my company, the first one, and then again, the second one, I had a nose for seeing talent where other people didn't see it. And thank God I could, because in those days we had giant companies in New York city, the, the gorillas owned by the old boy network. And uh, 
I had no hope of getting anybody good as an employee or a salesman because I usually got people who were losers at other things and kind of came like as a last stop into real estate on a commission basis. So I usually had to be careful choosing the few diamonds among a lot of rough people. Uh, but I was able to make a team of them too. And I would say that was the second thing, but that I got from my mother because she had those 10 kids and we were a team and we were really, I'd say the most happy family in town. I mean, we had our struggles like every family in town, but she made a good team of us and she was a powerful leader. So I had that great advantage watching my mother uh, navigate uh, us. And I kind of just did a knockoff on her in business and all the same rules apply. People smarts, motivating people, giving recognition, uh, knowing when opportunity knocks, it's not going to be there the next hour, you better jump on it. Uh, getting over failure. I mean, I watched my mother come back up from, you know, financial failure in our family unit so many times uh, that I, I, I was able to see how that looked, you know. Uh, and what a huge advantage it is to have a powerful role model, you know, that you could take in your hip pocket. And so all those things have a lot to do uh, with building a business. But my other great thing, if I could brag, not that I like to brag, but I'm getting more comfortable as I get older, is I was very good at marketing. Uh, just uh, like Paris, you know, you made a brand of, you didn't even need the rest of your name. You could have done it with just the name P, right? Um, I made a brand uh, publishing reports and becoming an industry expert. Uh, because there were no stats out there. It was before the internet. So people needed stats on real estate. And I published a report, churned them out, churned them out, churned them out. Mm. So anyone in the media business, uh, there was no social media then, but anyone for the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Cranes Business Week came to me for numbers. And so I was always quoted. So when we had 30 people, I looked like I had 100. When we had 100 people, I looked like I had 500. When people used to come in for an interview, they used to walk in and go, this is it? Because our presence in the media was so big compared to what we actually had, you know? And then, uh, so that really pushed the growth of the company. I kind of had to run like hell to catch up to the image that I created that wasn't really true, <laughs> but you run like crazy to fulfill it, right? Mm. And, then, uh, and then that really gave us a, a powerful brand. And that also enabled me to sell the business. It wasn't worth nearly what I sold it for, I don't think but they were paying such a premium for the power of the brand and built under it, you know? Yeah. That was a long, long answer, right? The longest so far. That's what we love, though. We like long answers. That's the point. Yeah, I don't. I like short answers. <laughs> yeah. Paris, what about you? What, what, uh, are, like, what are some things that helped you find success? Because your industry is very odd it's a, you, you've got a thousand different directions going at all times so so what has helped you find the success you have now for me I just do what I love and what I'm passionate about and I love that I get to do so many things like whether it be modeling or designing or doing art or acting or DJing or music or being a businesswoman or writing a book or I, I just I feel like being an Aquarius I'm just a naturally creative person oh. And it's amazing that I get to do so many things that I love. So it just doesn't even feel like work when you really love what you're doing. So, wow. um, yeah. Sounds too easy. I'm jealous. <laughs> I want to be an Aquarius. Is that the key? Yes. <laughs> what about your COVID? How, uh, how have you been during all this? Well, you know, uh, for business, it's been terrific for me. Because when COVID hit, we went into overdrive with the team I have at work. We really got out there. And as a result, we really increased our business. You know? 
So I'm mm. thankful for that. Uh, the sad thing about COVID was I didn't see my son for uh, probably seven months, which is a heartbreaker. You know, I wow. saw him every week. He was here in the city, but he was afraid of contaminating his father and his mother. Uh, my daughter was home from school and homeschooled, not homeschooled, online school. Terrible for every kid. No kid's doing well on that. And we live right over Central Park on 97th, right above where they built all those tents. So that for me will always be my memory of COVID, the, the eeriness of looking out our window at night and seeing the bright lights of those tents was kind of, it was like a movie scene and seeing the bodies come in and out and the doctors hustling and it's just freaky. When those tents went down and, and le left big bare spots of their footprints all over that section of the park, uh, I was so happy they, they got sawed and covered it. I mean, even looking at those blank spots still bothered me. And then the other memory of COVID, which was difficult, was we're very close to Mount Sinai Hospital by five blocks. I used to count the sirens in an hour. I mean, there were some times when I heard 40-someone sirens in an hour, everybody go in the hospital with people. So it just seemed like you were in a war zone up there. You know, but I mean, we have a beautiful home and I had a terrace so we could go outside. Most people couldn't go outside. Um, and I had the park across the street. So I knew how fortunate I was. I was so thankful. But the whole atmosphere being here in New York was so, such a, I think the closest I hope I ever get to a war kind of like an invasion. It felt like that to me. Really, yeah. Stop making me talk about it. You give me the eebie-jeebies. We're almost I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you, I feel like you're one of the nicer sharks. Like, I, you know, not to put you in that thing, but I feel like if I went on the show, yeah. I would want to do a deal with you. And then second, probably Mark. That would be my second choice. Okay. But I feel like with you, there's like a, there would be a relationship. There would be an actual like some sort of like, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's all every shark has that relationship with their. Um, well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Mm. Um, I do think I have a great relationship with my entrepreneurs, the good ones. <laughs> the, the ones that aren't so good, they can't find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but here's the rub. Everybody, every shark has their own style, right? Uh, Mark's a phenomenal delegator. So he'll have a relationship with his entrepreneurs and be there for them, whatever they need. Uh, but it's not like they feel like he's just, they're chum. And maybe that's simply because he has a billion dollars and that makes a difference, right? <laughs> Probably weighs in, I guess. Um, you know, Lori, I don't know. I can't, I still don't get a read on Lori. I'm still figuring that one out. Um, Robert Hershevek wants to party with you or wants to ride in a fast car. When do you have time? <laughs> and then who do I leave? Damon is uh, entirely genuine. What you see is what you get. Uh, you know, he just, wraps himself around his entrepreneurs. He sees himself in them. And I think that's what Damon and I have in common. We we see ourselves in the entrepreneurs. Like when that door opens, I'm always hoping to see myself, somebody who, who's gonna get a lucky break, who hasn't had a lucky break yet. Mm -hmm. You know, cause for me, it's more exciting. I could like be a fairy godmother and get the satisfaction of feeling like I made a difference. And isn't that what we all like to do is make a difference in whatever we pursue, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so Damon is very much uh, that way too, you know? And then who did I leave out? Oh, Mr. Wonderful, who's not wonderful at all. The bully, <laughs> you know, he's so essential to that show. Without uh, Kevin, 
uh, this show, I don't think would be half of what it is. I hate to give him that credit, but I do believe that. He was running uh, for whatever the top office is in Canada. I don't think they call it president. Uh, Prime minister, is it, in Canada? I always forget. Yes. Whatever. And when he was making his run for that, he didn't make it because what do you know? He doesn't speak French. You have to speak French to be a prime minister in Canada. I don't know what he was thinking. But anyway, uh, he was not on a number of our shows a couple of summers back. And because uh, we weren't allowed to, by law, to have a political candidate. Right. And oh. it was not the same without Kevin. You needed a bad guy. You needed the bully that's lurching around the corner. that's going to scare everybody for the show to have teeth. And it made me mm. doubly appreciate Kevin. But what's interesting about Kevin is off air. He's the biggest pushover. His persona on the show is so mean and I'm after my money, my money. You know, that's his whole thing. But if you were to have a dinner with Kevin, he's a, a great, fun dinner host and a, a real pushover. Yeah. I love that. What was the craziest idea that you ever had pitched to you? Oh, there's so many. Oh, so many that hit the dust that didn't show which I think people at home would love them. We had, uh, I could rattle off a list. We had the chubby lady selling lipstick who swore that her lipstick made you lose weight. Day one, lose pounds right away. It's like, oh, really? Okay. Then we had the wackadoo dentist, and uh, he claimed you brush your teeth with his toothpaste. And what was his claim? I think he had a baby or something. <laughs> something really weird. Like, you got to be kidding then we had the, uh, oh, the brainy guy. What do you call those guys that are smarter than everybody in the universe? I forget what they call them. They get these awards. They're super brainy people. He was an engineer. Mensa? Uh, no, beyond Mensa. No, no, no. That's too culture. This is about uh, a road scholar. That's mm. pretty smart, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think you really have to be high IQ guy for that. Anyway, he was this genius engineer, and he was hitting us up for a million dollars to build his first tower in the middle, specifically in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, he showed us a map, bullseye, right in the middle, uh, where he was going to turn seawater into pure gold. It's like, whoa, I'm in. I'm in on that one. <laughs> you know, so we hear them all. Then we had the other kind of crazy guy. who I'm not supposed to call him crazy. I think we got in trouble. The other lovely guy who had a wonderful idea. <laughs> put YouTube or something in your brain, shoot it in. Okay. Uh, no. I, your cell phone service. So from evermore, you didn't have to charge your phone. You had your cell phone in your brain. But then when it runs out of juice, we had a long-term battery. But when it runs out of juice, you go in for another operation and have it recharge. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, so you see so many really crazy things uh, that, but it's interesting. Very often, we'll get a crazy person on the show, crazy idea. I shouldn't really call them crazy, but they seem to be crazy. Mm -hmm. And they'll pitch on the show, and you're thinking, how could that be? How could that be? And then somebody will buy in. It's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and so that's always a surprise to me. I almost jump out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the investment that you made that? you just had no idea was going to turn into what it turned into. Like, what was your unicorn investment on the show? Well, that's a good way of putting a unicorn. I, I'll use that word from now on. Definitely the Comfy Brothers, two crazy, wild and crazy guys. Come on. Like, they just jumped off a bar stool. You know, that kind of a feel about them. Mm. And they're holding an oversized uh, blanket with a hood on it, with a pocket. They're holding it, and they put it on, and they sing out a jingle that the comfy is the most comfortable thing you ever saw to the tune of Jingle Bells. They couldn't sing, 
they, I definitely felt like they had been drinking. I wasn't sure. <laughs> and they then answered our battery of questions. You know, the usual, how much do you want? I forget what they wanted. Not a lot of money. It was a cheap buy-in. Uh, well, what does it cost to make it? We don't know. We made them by hand. Who are you going to sell it to? We don't know. What does it cost to make? We don't know. <laughs> Every answer was, we don't know. But they were fun. They were fun-loving guys. They had twinkles in their eyes. You could tell that they were having the time of their life. One was an unemployed guy for years. His brother was a TV, uh, TV camera carrier. Carried cameras? There's a word for that in the business. Anyway, that was their background. <laughs> had nothing to do with textiles, right? I bought into their business. They were offering 10% for whatever small amount of money. I think it was 100000 maybe 50000 even. And I said, I have to take a third for that much money because they had nothing there, you know? Okay, Barbie, they said. <laughs> Off we went, all right? And they have, uh, I hope I don't quote, $35 million? It's $250 million in sales three years later. That's amazing. I actually oh have gosh. comfies. I have a couple of them. Oh. You've got to wear it and help us promote. We got to keep this gravy train running. I love it. I love a story like that. That's amazing. You know, it's, it's against all odds that they would have succeeded. They knew nothing about business. But I'll tell you what I learned about them working with them. They will come up with these things and I'll think that'll never work. I realize my memory is my deficit. I've been in business so long, I start to analyze things, you know. They'll just say, we like it. <laughs> Off they go. And they're right every time. That's scary for me. It's like, I better retire. Like, I don't have any idea compared to these kids, you know. And so they've had tremendous successes. They have new wives, new houses, new cars. <laughs> they have new everything. New lives. I love it. Uh, they have a whole new life and they're having a ball. And it's like, not they weren't old. They're, they're, I guess my, my partners are probably in their early 40s, but they never thought they'd see that success after the first 40 years of their life, you know? But here's an interesting thing, and then I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute. Their mother always said to them, and they keep quoting their mother, the mother would always point out success stories to these boys growing up. And even when they're grown up and working and losing their jobs, she would point out a success story and she'd say, why not you? Why not mm. you? And, you know, they tell me now, they always pause and thought, yeah, why not us? <laughs> Oh. And now it's us. It's them, right? Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's such a joy to be part of that, you know? It's a privilege in every way, you know? It's like being in Groundhog Day uh, with the beginning years of all these businesses when it's so exciting. You know, you can have great successes. My business was very successful 10, 20 years out. But the best time in your life when you're building a business is always like, kind of like even with building a family when the kids are young. It's the best days. And when the business is young, it's so exciting, every piece of it. And so I get to relive this every single day with all my partners. You know, how many people can get that kind of a ride, right? Mm -hmm. Most people have a one-shot ride or sometimes two, unless you're parasol, then you start 50 businesses, you get 50 rides in one lifetime. <laughs> That's very unusual, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I'm very happy for these guys. They are happy for themselves. I'm sure they're happy they met their fairy godmother, Barbie. You know what? That was just a lucky hit that day. You know, maybe I wasn't on the set that day. They were laughed off the set by everybody. Or maybe I didn't see that glint in their eye that day. Or maybe I was hungry for lunch that day. 
they came in after lunch, they had a full belly. You never know all those little things, but it is what it is. And they ran up the flagpole and nobody could take that away from them. That's their doing. It, differing with me almost all along the way on what would be a good move, by the way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love that. Was there anything on Shark Tank that you really wanted and then you didn't get? You know, not wired that way. Uh, there's certainly there's a lot of stuff on Shark Tank I really wanted. And I lost to Lori more often than not, which really bugs me. Because I want to say, but look at us. You'd much rather do business with me. <laughs> but she overbids me. And I have a limit where I think, ah, that's not going to make sense at that much money. So I cut it, you know. Uh, but you know what? Once that business is gone, taken by somebody else, it's history. I don't even think about it again. You know, I just, the door opens within five minutes on the set. We have another entrepreneur. They turn that set around like crazy and somebody else walks to the door. So it's not like there's a, a shortage of businesses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, yeah, no, I don't have regrets about stuff like that. But in the moment, I feel very heated that I want it. And I'm disappointed when I lose it. But it's, you know, I'm pretty good at rejection or getting over stuff. It's like, oh, next, bump in the road, boom, get up, you know. It's not a big deal. It's not going to make the difference of whether my kids go to a private school or not. You know what I mean? On to the next one. Feel On you. to the next pony, right? Mm -hmm. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, I would definitely go back to second grade when the uh, nun from hell, Sister Stella Marie, told me if I didn't learn to read, I'd always be stupid. I would stand up and say, oh, yeah, I think I have my first curse word at her tell her where to go. And I think I wouldn't have believed her, you know, but I think, uh, you know, when you were, you know, I happen to be a terrible student at school, as so many kids are, probably 10% of the population struggle with uh, learning to read. Um, but in those days, uh, there was only one label for that kid, which was stupid, you know, so she wasn't off her mark in calling me that. Uh, but I believed her. And I think, you know, if you go rewind, well, would I really, I'm not so sure. I just, I'm arguing against my own head now. Um, I'll tell you, maybe, maybe not. Okay. I would probably go back and be a smart student. So I wouldn't have had the ridicule of coming through school and hiding out and feeling ashamed of who I was. What a waste of time. A kid is so innocent, you know, you know, I was smart. I just had a different kind of smart. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, honestly, I probably wouldn't have changed it now because it all turned out all right, but it turned out all right. Maybe if it didn't turn out all right, if I kept going and believing I was stupid my whole life and ashamed, that would be a tragedy. Uh, but I honestly believe without that rough bump, uh, that self-imaging that was lacking for me as a child and the insecurity and the pain that went with that, um, I don't think I would have tried as hard to be a success. I think it drove me my whole life. I think... Uh, when your soul short or damned or whatever, uh, you know, assumed guilty uh, early on, uh, it injures very, very deep. And I think um, that deepness is what gives you the passion to get even. Not that I want to get even with life. I'm not an angry person at all, but kind of like, I'll show you. You know, once mm -hmm. I got out my first job at 11 part-time after school, I was pretty good at that. You know, I helped at the kiddie pool. I was pretty good as a sales clerk after school. I was pretty good as a hot dog salesman on the cart. I was pretty good as a nurse's aide. You know, I was good at all these jobs. I just wasn't good at school. And so um, I soon learned that I had other gifts. Thank God I worked, or maybe I wouldn't have discovered that. 
But I, yeah, if you could rewind the clock, maybe I would have given myself an easy ticket out of that faster. Uh, but I think because of it, I've gotten so much for it. You know, because school is a short chapter of your life. You're out of there when you're 18. I used to think of it breaking out of jail. 18. Oh, 18. I can't wait to get 18, you know. Uh, but then I had from 18 to now to however long I'll live to, uh, to kind of make up for it with a lot of passion about it, you see. And deep inside, I think when kids are injured at a young age, whatever the injury is, there's a million injuries, different varieties that kids could get. Um, they don't ever totally get over it. And so they don't ever totally get over the motivation that it brings. I don't think you ever get whole about it, you know, because those early injuries are the worst ones, I think, for all of us. And so uh, so I'm thankful in the end. But then again, it might be that same old thing. You have something bad and you look back and you go, oh, that was great. <laughs> so I might be just justifying it, but I don't think so. I think it's been my best friend through life. I overprepare for everything I do. I try harder than the next guy. I work harder than everybody else. And I don't think I would be that person if I uh, had had early, easy success like my eight brothers and sisters, other than my brother John and I, we were the dumb kids, but the other eight were straight A students, never opened a book. And uh, and they were all successful, but not as successful as John and I. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge of the nerds. It's, it reminds me of that uh, Albert Einstein quote about, um, you know, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by how it can climb a tree, it'll go its whole life thinking it's stupid. Wow. I, I like that. I never heard that. Yeah. Ooh, that hits hard. This is Paris. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Seven Sliving Questions. So are you ready for Seven Sliving Questions? Oh, fast questions, that kind of thing? <laughs> They're sliving. Sli- okay. Sliving is a word that I invented. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Is it in the dictionary yet? Could I use that Scrabble time and playing with two friends? How yeah. do you spell it? It's S-L-I-V-I-N-G, and it is in the Urban Dictionary, and it means slang and living your best life. What a good word. Mm-hmm. You can use it at, picture, at, at Scrabble tonight for sure. You've got Paris's approval. I'm going to start telling everybody I invented the word. What do you think about that? <laughs> sliving. Yes. I'm using my word today. Sliving. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love hearing you say it. You won't love it when you hear me tomorrow morning on, say, the Today Show or something. <laughs> well, it's like my word, sliving. <laughs> I think Paris would love it. I think she'd be stoked. I would. I would really love it. <laughs> okay, I'll use it. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. What is the worst date you've ever been on and why? <laughs> <laughs> you want a truthful answer? Is this X rated? Sure. Oh, good. Okay. Anything yeah. goes. Well, that would be with Tony. I'll save his last name for myself. The guy my mother insisted I'd just go on one date with. He's such a nice boy, Barbara. Give him a break. His mother's so nice. His family's so nice. Never a good sign, right? Already. Even though I had never a date in my life. At that point, I was 16. Even then, I knew that was a bad sign. That his mother's so nice, right? (laughs) So he pulls up. He was 19. Drove a car, which was a selling feature. The only one in my book. There's a car? Okay, I'll go. (laughs) Pulls up in the car. We go out and watch car races and when we came home right before I ran up the steps to go back to my parents home he had a little surprise for me in the front seat and I'll let you fill in the blank and he said do you mind and I said because I'm a pleaser I said oh no it's cute it's just cute (laughs) that was my introduction to um, a scandal 101 I never went on another day with that little man wow (laughs) I measured, I measured my future boyfriend against that moment in every man's sense. Not a bad measuring stick. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was quite the story. I like it. Juicy. All because you weren't in that Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. I still get a bad feeling when a Pontiac just goes by traumatized I think you should we should all be we should all be a little turned off by a pontiac at this point yeah yeah <laughs> i'll never look at a pontiac the same way again you'll think of you'll say oh poor barb <laughs> he's so fragile at that age that poor child oh poor little baby barb all right well <laughs> the next question what is your spirit animal Make it an easier question. What's the question? What is your spirit animal? 
Mine is a unicorn. You know what? I think I would be uh, definitely some kind of a bird. I don't know what kind. Because they hang out in gardens and I love gardening. You get all the seed you want. You drop mm. your phone wherever you want. Nobody's telling you what to do. You could like uh, pick out your mate. There's millions of them to choose from. They all seem even. <laughs> and you can Forgetting. fly. Uh, yeah, you could fly, but more importantly, you could hang out in a garden. Wouldn't that be nice with no pressure, no predators, no lions coming in? Yeah, probably. Like a little blue jay or something? Or... A blue jay, a canary, a chicken. Not a pigeon. No, <laughs> a nobody wants to be a pigeon. Nobody even wants to be a blackbird picking picking apart people's bones? I don't think so. Oh, no, no, raven. no ravens. Oh, raven. That's a raven, yeah, yeah. I just made that answer up. I don't even know if that's a true answer. <laughs> I like canary for you. I feel like that's a perfect bird. Yeah, I love a canary. I love a canary. Honestly, they're so sweet. The little yes. sing well. I like it. I'll take it. As they say. <laughs> Your top beauty secret. I don't really have beauty secrets, honestly, other than three facelifts. I think that's the big beauty secret. I think you just go in for a whole haul when you really need it. When everybody's telling you you look good for your age and the poison words there is for your age. And that's when you know it's time for your next facelift. Just <laughs> march right in there and get it done. Because you can get all the Botox, filler, facial treatments, sandings of your face, all those treatments that you spend a million dollars. Nothing does it for you as well as a facelift. Gives you the most bang for your buck. If you're really prorated over the days, you're going to look better, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Facelifts, my beauty secret. Okay, well, you look hot. Yeah. Oh, I don't look hot, but I hopefully don't look my age. I'm trying hard. You look very young. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Paris. I love you, too. You look young. <laughs> thank you. First celebrity crush? I would say uh, Mel Gibson, because I ran into him on East 57th Street, walking arm in arm with Kevin Costner. How's that for a double header? Coming across wow. 57th Street, I was already like 40 years old. I had never met a celebrity, actually, no one. They just were people in magazines, you know? But anyway, I'm walking across 57th Street. They're walking right toward me. I see them, and like a teeny bopper, I'm still mortified by it, but I know I'll never see them again. I go grope up to them, ah, like a person who can't talk, ah, and I grab them both, like grab them both like I could control them. <laughs> why that happened really it wasn't like I even went to the movies it wasn't like I was into celebrities at all I was busy working you know but anyway you know what Kevin uh, not Kevin uh, Mel Gibson did he just took my arm really classy move took my arm this one and that one and he gently pushed it aside and they kept walking and talking and never even <laughs> that's how unimportant I was they never <laughs> broke the sentence they were in they just kept walking and I stood there and then I, I didn't know what to do with myself for the next hour. I was so ashamed. I mean, how could I be so uncool? You know, fortunately I looked around. I didn't see anybody who knew me. You know, I was by myself. What a terrible thing to do to somebody. If someone did that to me now, I, if somebody came up to me and like put their, just grab me, I've never had that. I would punch him. I think. How great. <laughs> Oh, I hope God. I hope you get to meet him at some point, And I hope he remembers this vividly because I know no. you think that I know you think his conversation continued with whatever they were talking about. Yeah. It didn't. They talked about you for the rest of that walk being like, <laughs> what just <laughs> happened? <laughs> oh, 
I couldn't they, the words I'd use. <laughs> they would have loved. No, they. I mean, two men who were at the peak of their celebrity dumb. They none of that's weird to them. They just it's flattering to them. All you did was give them a physical compliment. Well, I don't know. Now maybe if I was Paris and did it. They'd be talking now. <laughs> now. My navy blue business suit, my moderate heels with my stockings, y- y- with my short hair. No, I don't even think they've registered it was a woman that had grabbed them. <laughs> I don't think so, but thank you. I'll, I'll try to reframe it in my memory that way. I'll work <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. Do you have a, do you have a current celebrity crush? You, Paris. Oh. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to start hitting on you with love letters. That's hot. I love this. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a celebrity crush. <laughs> you know, it's not so celebrity driven, like who's who, you know. <laughs> she go to the movies more. I'll, ask me a year from now. I'll have a big celebrity crush. I'll pick somebody out other than you. I know it's weird for someone to tell you face to face, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question yes. that might you... You can say no to this, Barbara, but I think it, it could be it could be fine. But feel free to say no. Do you know the game Kiss Mary Kill or F Mary Kill? But we'll play Kiss Mary Kill. I do know that game. It's like shoots and la- that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Kind of, maybe no. Maybe no. But it, so basically, if no. you had to pick between your three uh, male co-hosts on uh, Shark Tank, which one you would kiss, which one you would oh. marry, and which one you would kill? What would it be? And you can feel free to say no if this is uncomfortable. But Oh, I know exactly who it is. I'd love to, yeah. Okay, let's I go. Yes. I would definitely marry Mark. Who wouldn't? Mm. He it, and he's a lovely man and a loyal husband. I've met his wife, his kids. What a catch that guy is. I would marry him at a dime. I would drop bills so fast. You know <laughs> what his name was at home. Okay, that's number one. Okay, who would I kill Robert? I'm the, I spend five minutes with Robert. I could kill him right away. You like these cufflinks, these cufflinks, this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, that. Just put on anything, Robert. Just get on the set and let's get going. Okay. I would <laughs> and then what was the other one? Kiss. Like, who would you have a nice oh, fun date with? Oh, I, I can tell you from experience, I would kiss Kevin. They married us three times on set. And each time they want me to, they want him to kiss the bride. And he, he goes to kiss me and I like, I like, you know, I ham it up like, ah, that's good for the show. But the last time I said, we're getting married again. And this time I closed my eyes and I leaned in and he had the softest, loveliest lips. <laughs> did your husband this get mad? I could... <laughs> did your husband get mad or jealous? You know, my husband is one of those confident guys based on what I'm not sure, but he is very confident about himself. If he knew how close I've come to leaving him a hundred times, he should be shaking in his boot and saying his prayers every night. No, but he's confident. He's got me. Uh, yes. He doesn't worry at all. Yeah, he's one of those. <laughs> I'm so happy you played that game with us. Mm. Oh, I'm happy so you asked me those questions. I happen to have three solid answers. <laughs> have you never been asked that in an interview before? <laughs> Never. I just thought it was rock, paper, cut. (laughs) You know, when you shoot sides for who's on your baseball team. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is hilarious. Now, you know what? You learn every day. Mm -hmm. I like it. So next, 
You have to and go. Hunter, why do you think, Hunter, that I wouldn't answer that question? That was the easiest question. Much easier than the first date. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, yeah, I just always try and be as careful as possible. I don't want to ever make anyone uncomfortable. Mm, with your lovely voice, and I'm sure Paris will bear me out on this, with your lovely voice, you can never make anyone feel uncomfortable. You have the most soothing, calming voice. You could ask the worst questions and pull it out. Get away with it. Yes. That's very sweet. Thank you so much. It's true, though. Listen to yourself. Record your. Oh, you do record yourself. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Yeah. I hear myself all the time. I don't love it as much as I think you do, but. I love I, it. I, yeah. I have a hard time watching or listening to my own stuff, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Yes. <laughs> leave, me a voicemail to, leave me a voicemail around 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, I got you. You're going to get a long one. Am I okay. no longer your celebrity crush? Did it, did it move over? I'm teetering. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. I am going to come back next time for sure as a lesbian. Because I have concluded that it's so much easier to get along with women than men. I mean, they're more complex you know, they get it. They, they do so many things differently than men. I'm definitely not going for a guy the next time. I've already decided. <laughs> Forget it. It's over now for the next life. This is my last chance then. Uh, I'm going to start uh, start prepping that voicemail. Well, guess what? I'm changing my mind. I'm considering you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Is, my mom fun. is going to be so happy. She's going to be like, let's set this wedding up ASAP. Uh, this is great. No, your mother's not going to be that way. You know what she's going to say to you right away? Do you have any idea how old she is? She's old enough to be my mother. No. <laughs> uh, not at all. She, she would be so it. happy for me. No, she won't be. Trust me. <laughs> no Trust. mother wants to see their son marry someone older than them. Nobody. When they love you as much as my mom loves you, she'll be like, you know what? I see it and I love it. I think this is this is fantastic. I doubt it, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. Next living. You have to go live on an island. You get to bring one person and one item. Who is it? What is it? And why? Mm-hmm. I would bring Keo, who was my partner in Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Because if he was locked on an island, he might consider me as a date. <laughs> and the whole time I was dancing with him, I was thinking, I wonder if he'd ever marry me, that guy. Would even consider it. <laughs> you're dancing weekend, week out with somebody who's like totally buff, totally gorgeous, and a third your age is a thrill of a lifetime. And if somebody said, how can you make your life perfect? I would have said, put me on an island <laughs> with Keo, <laughs> where he can't get off. <laughs> that was an easy answer. I've been thinking about that for a long time. <laughs> and then the one item might be like a speaker system so that you can play whatever music you want to dance to. Oh, I had that music in my head. I still have that music in my head. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. This is the most beautiful, like, non-your-husband love story I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. You know why? Because it's so innocent. I could talk like this, but what am I really? A virgin. <laughs> so there's no harm in this kind of foreplay. None. None whatsoever. 
Those are perfect answers. Oh my God. I got an A for the first time in my life, maybe. Those were my favorite answers for the sliving questions. You killed it. Mm. I'm gonna steal not only your word, I'm gonna steal your I'm gonna steal your questions from my podcast my podcast. <laughs> it's unusual. Tune in, you'll be hearing those questions next week at this time. <laughs> That's right. We're excited. I'm I uh I'm excited. Everybody go listen to Unusual Business and uh, enjoy. Unusual business, please, hundreds. Business unusual. Business unusual. Yeah. Not if you want personal advice, only business advice. That's all I'm good at, as you well know. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to it now. You're very fun and very interesting and very cool. And this was awesome. <laughs> You're the first celebrity I ever hung out with. It's a pleasure, really, Paris. Thank really. you. And original celebrity, celebrity. Really amazing. Thank really to, to tremendous credit. I mean, we all make a living creating something out of something like fame out of something. You created fame out of just fame. I, you know, I still don't quite get it. You know what I mean? I don't know how that could really happen. It's like uh, the loaves and the fishes, like a miracle. Really, if you think about it, it doesn't make any common sense, right? Yeah. I like being a first. Thank you. I suspect you'll always be a first. I don't think it's over by any means. <laughs> it's your nature. Yes. This is just the beginning. I'm not sure about you, Hunter. Don't have a good feeling about you, though. <laughs> I'm gonna, I have a feeling I'm going to uh, marry someone very wealthy very soon, <laughs> and I'll be okay. I don't need a ring. I do not need a ring. <laughs> Listen, I don't need anything. I don't even need the money. I just want to hang out and... Uh, and I hear more about the these first jobs. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. Well, we got ourselves a future date. I love this plan. When I come to New York, I'll stay at Paris's place and you can come over. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm scared to death. Uh, it was really nice meeting you. I think uh, we're going to be recording uh, an episode of Unicorn Tank, which is like Shark Tank, but sweeter. So you guys will be able to listen to me try and pitch ideas uh, to Paris and Barbara, who will hopefully go easy on me. Yes. The quietness, the quiet <laughs> before the yes was enough for me to know that I'm in for it. So everyone get ready to listen to that. The pod post is coming out later this week. Loves it. Well, have a All great right, day. Bye-bye. A lot of fun, huh? Yeah, so much so fun. So much fun. A lot of fun. Thanks. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to This Is Paris. We love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. And follow us at This Is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes. Follow Paris at Paris Hilton and follow Hunter March, host of E's Nightly Pop at Hunter March. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
it. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.